You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Temperature is minus five degrees. You're now up to date on the home of the best music mix, Corks 96FM. Minus five. Aye. Nippy that. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. All we're doing is creating private industry that widens the gap between people who have and people who have not. It comes down, PJ, to a very simple rule of be a good neighbour, talk to your neighbours. And I say, because of bureaucracy, I cannot get work permits. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. I'm just wondering about electric cars in this weather, you know. I mean, I came out this morning and I de-iced my trusty little yeah, Dacia Sendero that's my little ride coming to work defrosted it yes I use hot water I mean I'd love, I know you're supposed to use a scraper and all that but for goodness sake like I'd be still there trying to scrape it so I use my hot water and I start and the car warms up eventually but I'm just thinking if you're in an electric car uh, on a morning like this and you have to take a half decent commute by the time the car is heated up tanting like humanly livable the battery's boosted it isn't it or am I wrong and by the way there's a thing and this is a serious one what if you get a skid in an electric car on a morning like this because we were all taught how to drive when you skid we were all taught what to do if the car goes into a skid but try doing that in an electric car it ain't so easy it sure as hell ain't so easy at all. 0818, good morning. 0818 96 96 96, the number, the text to WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. The email is opinion at 96fm.ie. You, you, could, you could be better off in a sleigh with the, this weather, which I love this weather. 10 more opinion line shows until we get to Christmas. It's a wonderful time of the year and I love it to bits, but. Over the weekend, I was in town myself on Friday afternoon and again on Saturday, briefly. And I saw people sleeping and trying to bed down in doorways. And last night, a buddy of mine contacted me to say he'd seen people bedding down for the night in this. Like, 
all jokes aside, this is no weather to be out in, to be sleeping in, to be trying to find a, cor- a, a comfortable corner in. Because there, there can't be a comfortable corner anywhere in, in weather like this. I went out the back, put up Christmas lights yesterday morning out the back garden. And you know the way you, ha- you have to wait till it gets dark so you can straighten them up and make sure that they're hanging properly. You just... And I came in out of it and I said to the Queen Bee, I said, Jesus, I'd hate to be trying to sleep out in that or trying to find a place to rest out in that. It's beautiful, but you don't want to be out in it. But people were out in it last night and are out in it constantly at the moment. And no matter how much the services and, shall we just say, the establishment tries to tell us that there's a bed for everybody who wants one. Well, there isn't really, Katrina Toomey, is there? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Is there a bed for everybody who wants one? No, no. Is there an emergency response for cold, cold nights like this, which we now think will be with us until the weekend at least? Well, you know, the emergency response is that people should have been brought in the minute this happened and kept in there, you know, and and left in there and warmed up and fed and a change of clothes provided for people. It's absolutely Baltic House. We were around last night and we were shivering inside the car. Yeah driving around. We were out early this morning and it's just pitiful because it's bitter and it's going into their bones and it's going to make people sick and it's going to affect their mental health and it's just going to destroy them. Now, the emergency response should be in in all weather warnings that there's a building where people can go to. Yeah. It's as simple as that. There is not. The Simon are saying they're strapped over and they are, and uh, you know, and the Vincent de Paul are the same. So there are other people that need to be in the services. Go up around McCartney Street. Go. There's a load of places. They're intense around the place. They're outside the city. They're doing the best they can, but nothing is going to keep them warm in this weather if they're outdoors. Mm. We, we do hear the establishment, and I use that word in inverted commas, Katrina. And with the best will in the world, there's some damn good people in there, as you and I both know. Yes. But what we get every year is, well, anybody who wants a bed will find them a bed. But that's just not true. No, it doesn't happen. And, you know, we we go around late at night and we just circle around the city and we're always upset like, when we do see people that just can't get in anywhere at all. Like, you know, And uh, they're there. There's no point in saying they're not. They're anybody that will go around at night will see what we see. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's hard to watch, but in this weather, it's absolutely, it's it's a sin, it's wrong, it's everything that isn't right, and it's something that, like everybody, you know, that in authority, like we're, we're talking about the government here and everybody, they should have an emergency building for something like this alone, bring people in. They're human beings, they're not animals. No, you won't leave your animals out in this weather. Farmers are checking on their livestock in this weather. People are checking on their horses. People are bringing, you know, their their dogs in, their cats in and whatever. And like, you know, but like, who's going to bring these people in that are left out there? They are out there. If you see people bedding down at 7 or 8 o'clock at night, trying to bed down at that time of night, like trying to get warm and stay warm, it's it's not going to happen. They've a long night ahead of them, and they're going to be absolutely frozen to the. You know, like we've opened our doors a bit earlier now this morning, just to give people, you know, um, your teas, coffee, something to warm them up, like you know, to thaw them out on the inside. But it's not good enough. No, it really isn't. They should be warm. Katrina, is there a cohort, however small, of people who just won't go in? 
oh, in this weather, look, I think everybody wants to go in in this weather. Yeah. For God's sake, like, uh, do you know, unless you're Iron Man, you're not going to want to sail in this weather, are you? That's no true. matter what. It's true. It's you know, true. You, you know, so, like, all all of these things are six of one, half a dozen of the other, but I know that no one that we've spoken to wants to stay out. Yeah. They want to be in. They're frozen. They're despondent. Like, we had, like, we gave out dinners yesterday, and, you know, and then afterwards we spotted some young lads that we gave dinners to, and they ravished the dinners now. And then they were just sitting on the ground, and like they were all, and, and like, and I said, lads, and they said, we've no place to go, Katrina. We can't go in anywhere. He said, you need money to get into to do anything. He said, and he said, there's only so much walking around the shopping centres you can do, and then you're being watched, like in case they think you're going to take something. And mm-hmm. like, there's kind of answers for everything, and tough, and the lads have been looking for work, but like. It is still pitiful to see 18, 19-year-olds in this predicament. It's very, very it's sad. Awful. And then to see see older people, um, you know, like, how I don't know how they do it. We only get out of the, you know, when you get out of the van for five minutes, even when we're delivering, like, to houses and stuff like that, you get back in and you're rattling. Yeah. So could you imagine if you were out there all the time? You'd rattle, you know. Oh, no, <laughs> you're so right. You're so right. And we talked about this before, you and I. And rightly so, we're doing anything we can for people coming to us from Ukraine. And rightly so, we're doing anything we can for people coming here seeking seeking asylum from other countries. Rightly so, we're doing anything we can. But what are we doing for the the poor bugger in the doorway? Exactly, it begs the question, are we all equal? Yeah. I mean, if you look at... It has to be asked, we have to look after everybody. Yeah. If you look at the way they took over a building in East Wall in Dublin and they put in places for people to sleep and they're keeping it, at least it's warm and dry, whatever. But there must be, like you're saying, is it, are you calling, Katrina, for something to be opened or a building to be taken over or provided? Immediately, I'm calling on something to be opened immediately to take people in out of it. And yes, we know people say they have addictions, they have mental health problems, they have all of this. Like we got phone calls last night from messages last night from y'all that somebody is in the doorway down in y'all and and stuff in a tent and and no drugs, no drink, no nothing like that. But we have all these calls all the time coming in. But these people are perished. So something has to be done. You know, isn't there such a thing as being human are humane are having humanity for your fellow human being for god's sake like open a building put them in and then we'll deal you know there's plenty of volunteers that'll go over and them look after them experienced volunteers there's loads of them that will, will stand in to help their fellow human beings we can go all over the world and build houses like Haiti and things like that, and that's great. That's what we do. We're a good people for doing that. We're great we at that. Do that's, something that's, here. That's the bit that kills me, Katrina, and it does. Yeah. We can. I mean, we will go to the four corners of the world, and we will send aid and kindness yes, to the four absolutely. corners of the world. But there's a poor bugger sleeping in the door of Debenhams yeah. in this weather. Yeah, and there. Go around the town at night, like, and you'll see, you'll see them. It's just, it's, oh my God, like, it's, do you know, it, it brings me, uh, uh, it brings a fear all over me that if anything was to happen to anyone, even in my family, and I thought this would happen to them, do you know, like, this fear has to be in every ordinary Joe Soap in the city, and I know it is because that's why people support us to help as much as we can, but no, we need a place for to put people. 
and, and like, do you know, a warm place, bring them in. Take something some, over. Some, keep them alive. Yeah. Take some place over, you know, stick in a few beds. Yeah, that's all they have to do. You know, they have to do it. Like, if everybody is equal in this country, then everybody should have a roof uh, uh, over their heads. They should have a bed to sleep in. They should be warm. They shouldn't be out in the freezing cold like animals. We're not a third world country. When we look at photos and, and visuals of Africa on the television, they're hot and they're dying. There's a drought and there's heat and there's everything. We don't have that here. We have uh, the opposite of it. We have people freezing to death in the cold. And it's, it's, it's you know, so do we equate ourselves to a third world country? So we have to, if, this, if it's happening. Yeah. Do you know? I'm, I'm going to be talking to the Lord Mayor in just a couple of minutes, Katrina, about this. <clears throat> but again, I, I can almost hear it this morning, statements coming in from, as I call it, the establishment. There is a bed for everyone. They're still using that line this morning. Okay. Well, you know, I would suggest that the establishment take a walk around the streets at night, take a walk around the parks, the places outside the city where people are, you know, like, like, and just ask them why aren't they in the bed? Yeah, all right. Katrina. Because if they can, if they can give me a proper answer to that, then I, I don't have any argument. Then do I? Can I do anything well, to help you guys this week? Well, you know, um, well, uh, you know, for us, it's come up sleeping bags. Look, we're blown to face now from giving the most as you could imagine. Sure. Thermals, thermal vests, thermal long johns, anything that'll keep people warm. That's kind of what we need. People woolly, are very, woolly very socks. good. With, but yeah, woolly socks, you know. You get thermal everything now, and they actually do work. Okay. The, the, well, you know, they work. But like, I wouldn't want to be sitting up in thermal no. all night long either. No, um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like to be wrapped up in three sleeping bags, let alone one. You want to you get in <laughs> exactly. out of it. Katrina, look, look after yourself, darling. Look after the great work that you do and, and your volunteers in this tough, tough few days. I'll talk to Lord Mayor, dear DeFord, in just a sec. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Merry Christmas! With your local maze. Great value deals for family and friends this Christmas. The Improv Panto is back and now on at Cork Opera House. It's probably, definitely the greatest show that ever graced the Opera House stage. Ever. Oh, it was brilliant. It's so good. I'd go every night if I could. <laughs> uh, Laura, aren't you in the show? That's just you putting on gammy accents, like. Yeah, but, like, it's also true, like. <laughs> yes, she's biased. However, we can confirm that thousands of you love the improvised panto each year and are thrilled it's back. Not for smallies, this laugh out loud show is made up on the spot. Don't miss the hilarious Improv Panto this December. Tickets from CorkOperaHouse.ie The Improv Panto with Cork's 96FM. Lord Mayor, Councillor Deirdre Ford. Deirdre, good morning. Good morning, PJ. You can hear the distress in Katrina's voice and I walked around and you're around every day on your duties. There are people bedding down in the doorways of Debenhams and other shops last night at 7 o'clock facing into a night like 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 we had. What are we going to do? Well, you know, PJ, first of all, I, I mean, I work with Katrina. I want to help her. And I accept what she's saying. I'm checking with council and the, the cold weather strategy. I'm told in full operation. There's a bed for everyone, they're telling me. Mm. Now, the Gardaí are also checking around. The homeless response team, or the APS as it's called, 
they we circulated weather warnings over the weekend and Gardaí have been asked to check areas where people do bed down as a matter of, like, you know, where they normally bed down. But if there is or a bed, why are they bedding down? If there is a bed for well, anybody who wants it, why are they sleeping in the door of Debenhams, Lord Mayor? I, I'll come to that now, PJ. The outreach team also do their daily checks every morning. And overall, you know, we're very anxious to make sure everyone that needs a bed, wants a bed, can have a bed. And the, accom- uh, the accommodation uh, placement services is also um, available for anyone who's at risk from homelessness. Now, it may be, and I can't tell from here, um, that people do not want to go into particular areas. But if Katrina or the people that she's talking to or those people want to contact me, I will speak directly with our housing officials to try and and make sure that they get what they deserve. We do not want anyone, and particularly I say this, we do not want anyone in the, the doors of Debenhams, out on the street in this weather. It's vital we get them inside. It's snowing at the moment. If you want to contact me directly with particular names and contact numbers, I would personally take this to the council housing um, section. They can contact Cork Simon Outreach Team at 427-8728 if they have the means to do that. Um, and I'm not going to give the email, but it, no. you know there is an email there as well because these people that are out on the street, these beautiful people that deserve to have a roof over their heads, we will try our very best to get them in somewhere yeah. because they deserve it in this foul weather. Yeah. I mean, We want to look after them. It was only just last evening on a very personal note, I went out the back garden just to organise some Christmas lights in the dark, as you do. And I came in out of it into my lovely warm home and sat down to my dinner. And I thought, what the hell would keep anybody in a doorway on a night like tonight? And my only conclusion is, there's nowhere else to go. And that is not the facts I'm being given, PJ. And, you know, if there are issues, I'm willing to take them up. Um, but I am told there is a bed for anyone who is homeless or at risk of homelessness or that have particular issues. We will certainly look after them right. because this weather, we have to take them inside. Now, if, as I say, I know the gorgeous work that Katrina does. Um, I don't mind meeting her this morning and we can trash out okay. who's not getting a bed and we will look well, after that's, that's a That's a very good and generous offer and I know that at the drop of a hat Finbar will drive you over to her. I know that and, and if that if she wants to take you up on that offer that would be marvellous. Is there any way at all Lord Mayor that a public space could be temporarily taken over by council and heated and lit and put a few even the army would give you a, a couple of dozen camp beds just to put people up for a few nights like this? Well, you know, it's a very good suggestion. We have to know the extent of it first. And as I say, the Gardaí are out checking. Well, might I quote, sorry, might I quote, might I quote Mike Ryan of the WHO? Yeah. uh, And his words at the start of the pandemic, perfection is the enemy of good. Don't be perfect, be good. To hell with the numbers, to hell with the extent Find a building, open it, heat it, light it, and say to the person in Debenhams, go over there, there's a bed, and there's a dinner. Just do it. PJ, I want to assure you, I am being told there is a bed, 
emergency accommodation for everyone that needs it or wants it. Now, I don't doubt my officials because they work, I see the work they do behind. If there's something falling between the cracks, let's tackle it head on. Okay. I'm willing to do that. There's no issue. Um, if there's somebody who has been refused, I want to hear about it. Okay. It may be that some people have had a bad experience in particular places well, yes. and they do not want to go there. There, there are people, you know? what's happening, one thing that happens is that there are people who are struggle with their sobriety and the way to maintain their sobriety is to stay out of certain places. Um, right, okay. Um, and, you know, Simon do have places as well. The APS should be able to accommodate them. I'm being told, again, PJ, mm. there is a bed okay. and a place for everyone that needs it, particularly during this uh, right. foul weather. And, and, and Deirdre, I know that, you know, that that comes from your heart and I appreciate what you say and that's what you're being told and I do appreciate that. Appreciate you taking our call this morning and, and your offer to go and meet Katrina is a good and genuine one and I know that Finbar Archer will have you over there quick smart if it can be set up. Thank you, uh, Councillor Deirdre Ford, uh, Lord Mayor of Cork. This line that there is a bed for everybody who wants it, if there is a bed for everybody who wants it, why is there a man sleeping in the door of Debenhams? Why is there someone sleeping in, in, in any given door of any given store at this? Why did Pierce McCarthy, when I was talking to him this morning in the newsroom and we were saying well, we're going to be talking about this, why did Pierce McCarthy tell me about the man he saw sleeping in a doorway when he's walking into the newsroom for work in silly o'clock? Why? If there's a bed there for everybody, why? Can someone tell me that? They're doing some great work up at Kloshta Eamon Reish. Megan Wallace is the trans... She was online for. Where is she there? She's, she's uh, the coordinator of transition year up there. You doing a lot of work at the moment for the less well-off, Megan. Good morning. Hi, PJ. How are you keeping? Good. You have a whole list of projects. Go through them for me. We have a whole list of projects. Um, so, PJ, as students in our school, they partake in a thing called the Edmund Rice Leadership Award. Um, and what this award does is it recognises the work of the students in the community. Um, as part of this award, students design a project in which we give back to the local community. Um, and last year, one of our current fifth-year students, Christian Bukarupa, came up with the idea for us to cook a Christmas feast for Penny Dinners. Um, it was such a success last year that we've actually decided to continue it on and Brilliant. to make it an annual occurrence. Yeah. Um, so I actually have 20 TY students inside in the home ec room since quarter to nine this morning. They have the turkeys and hams going into the oven there now and they're getting peeling potatoes and carrots and parsnips and getting them ready to bring down to any dinners later That's on. At half so Crulees have been donating the food again, haven't they? Oh, they've been so kind. They donated to us last year, all the turkey and ham. And again, it was dropped into us this morning, ready to go and ready to cook. Um, and it's just really, really kind. And we're so grateful to them for doing that as well. Good. Now, you're doing stuff. You're, and my, my dear friend, uh, Fiona Corcoran, with the Greater Chernobyl Cause, you're helping her as well. Yeah, so we are. So um, as part of the TY programme, our students, they go out every Wednesday and they undertake a thing called giving back to the community. Um, so we have students who go to um, kind of local primary schools or to charity shops or some of them even spend the day helping out their grandparents. Um, one of the bases that we have some of our students going to is to Fiona in the Greater Chernobyl Cause. Um, and this Christmas they're actually running um, a campaign. So they're sending Christmas containers of aid to Ukraine. Um, so we're actually holding a collection point in school today as well for that. Um, so as much as we're trying to help out our local community, um, we're trying to help out those in Ukraine as well. 
good, good. And you, are, where can people bring stuff? They can bring you to Collection Point, don't you? It's, so the Collection Point is in our in our school, so um, we're up in Turner's Cross, so we're on St. Patrick's Road. Good. Um, so in the school here today, and yeah. What do you need? You have a list here. Do you want to go through it? Um, yeah, so the list is kind of any non-perishable goods, really any foods and things like that, um, warm clothes, um, any kind of first aid goods and everything too. Um, so anything along that kind of list. And what should be said, Megan, is the greater Chernobyl cause. They know that part of the world so well. They know it yeah. so well and they know how to get through officialdom over there, which is vitally important. So so they'll sort anything out that can get there. Come back to it, though. How many, the, 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 the turkeys and hams are going into the oven now? About how They're many? Going into the oven. About so how many people do you think you'll feed? So we're hoping we should have enough for about 60 dinners today ah, um, in Turkey. Yeah, so it's fantastic. And the, the kids, it really is. It was one of the students' ideas last year. And our TYs this year were delighted to have the opportunity to help out our local community again. That's um, so it's them. They want to do it. And they're a fantastic group. They're a credit to us as a school, but also to their families and friends and everyone. Um, yeah, yeah. We've been so lucky, PJ, I guess, to benefit from the generosity of our local community here that any chance that we have to give back, we'll happily do it. All right. Megan, thank you. Megan Wallace, who's the transition year coordinator at Kolosh to Eamon Reach. They're cooking Christmas dinner, turkey and ham and all the trimmings for as many as 60 people for penny dinners today. Uh, and they're doing it in their home economics class because they can and because they want to. I know Cruelly's giving them all the, the meat and goodies. Phil. Hi, Phil. What would you Thank like you. to say? Um, I was listening to the Lord Mayor there and I totally don't hold her responsible for any of this, right? No. But I'm frustrated. So you've said on numerous occasions, you've had many people on saying there's a bed for everyone if they want it. Yeah. You just said this morning, you can't imagine anybody not wanting a bed in this weather, which makes perfect sense. So my idea is, if Katrina, who is the expert and who knows there isn't a bed for everyone, gives the Lord Mayor a list of people who need beds tonight, gives it to her now this morning, and the Lord Mayor takes it back to the powers that be and says, here's the list, put them in beds. Would you, be, would you be in favour, Phil, of doing something like take over a public building, get, on, get on to the army? The army would have camp beds down to you in a van in an hour. They would. And look at the amount of community centres around the place, PJ. Community centres? Yeah. They com- take over complete community centres and put beds in, in there for people to just go in and sleep there if they need. Yeah. Just to get them in out of the cold and just have, look, if the army can sleep on camp beds and go out and fight the following day, people can sleep on camp beds temporarily, at least they're in out of the cold. I would suggest that a camp bed is better than a cold, freezing doorway on any night of the year. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just frustrating to hear the same thing you know, year in, year out, there's a bed for everyone. They Look, keep telling us this. They keep telling us this. And Katrina says it's not true. The great father, Peter McVerry, says it's not true. Everyone involved on the front line of homeless services tell you it's not true. Even Simon, with the best will in the world, is full. Yeah, and they're the experts. The council doesn't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? The council are not the, expert in this, the experts in this field. The experts, as you said, are the people on the front line who are doing it year in, year out and have the same problems every single year. Yeah. Like, another death now is the next thing we're going to hear. Yep. So who wants that? This, like, that's, it's just soul-destroying. Even for the people on the front line, 
it must be hard for them at times to just keep their heads in the game. And to be told all the time to get the statement coming, like the Lord Mayor was obviously talking to her officials before she came on to me, and she said even this morning she's been told there's a bed for everybody. If there's a bed for everybody, why are they sleeping in the doors? Why are they? Yeah, and you know the way there are some people, and I know it, that will say I don't want to go into a hostel, I don't want to go into there. You know yeah. what I mean? But as you said, in this weather, I say there are very, very few and far between. Yeah. And a public, it's, it's, it, it, there's got to, like you said, a community centre. Yeah, that's Just it. take it over for a couple of nights. Rent, if you have to rent centers. it, if you have to rent it from a community association, do it. Yeah, and the community association would be only too delighted to rent it. Yeah. Because that's income then for the area, the local areas. So look, it, it's a win for everyone. I can think of two or three community centres in the city, just uh, they're off the city centre, which are, that's it. yeah, you heat them isn't up. There, isn't there one up. down there? Isn't there one... Somewhere in the South Parish, there oh, yeah. somewhere then. There's a yeah. couple of them there. Couple of them Do you there. know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, there are there are places available yeah. if the council would just get their act together and just move, do something. All right. Phil, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. 0818 96 96 96. I'm living in Bandon. We have a number of buildings not being used to their full capacity. We could use them. Mary, there are many buildings that have been left empty. Could we not repurpose them? If there was funding available for homeless people, would we be happy to house them? Give the old Cork prison up or some other building that could be repurposed? Open the city hall. It's big enough. It's there in the centre. Should be open 24-7. Hi, PJ. Listen to Katrina about the homeless. Why don't the church open St. Peter and Paul's? Put on the heating and let them in and put a few bouncers on the door. Wouldn't that be charity? Everyone has... A take on this, 0818969696. I'd like to hear yours. There's only a few of them, but there are too many. PJ, I'm listening to Katrina about the homeless. The old Cork prison on Ratmore Road would be perfect if it was renovated and upgraded. A permanent site, halfway home for the homeless. The state could pay Katrina to run it, use some lotto funding, or set up a permanent GoFundMe so we could add to it regularly. Penny Dinners would have a new home. There's a convent, yes, there's a convent in Evergreen Road boarded up. I know it well. Boarded up. Take it over. Move in and take it over. And don't be telling me about it's not as simple as that. It is if you want to do it. Electric cars, I was wondering how they behave on a morning like this. PJ, I have an electric car since earlier this year, says Don. It has really come into its own. I can heat and defrost it remotely before setting off. Very little battery power is used. There's also great traction on the ice due to the weight of the battery, which is situated really low in the body of the car. And the regenerative braking means less pressing of the brake pedal. Okay, Don, thank you. That's good to know. Good to know. Eileen, so many empty sports halls that could be used. All we need to do is turn on the heat and open them up. People are worried about dogs in kennels, but yet the homeless are freezing. Oh, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, there's a, and, and cats too. There's a little cat missing. I was contacted over the weekend by the Douglas uh, newsletter people. A little cat missing in Douglas since Friday. And they're really worried about little black Luna, little beautiful cat. But at the same time, we got people sleeping in doorways. And we're worried about the animals. But we should be just as worried about people in doorways. How right you are. As the people sleeping in the doorways, why can't they get a bed? That's exactly what we're saying. Open the churches. Why don't the priests do that for the people, says John. 
0818 96 96 96. Talk to Maureen next. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Quartz 96FM. Nice Christmas lesson for us yesterday. Hi PJ, walking through the city with my seven-year-old. He began noticing, she began noticing the people huddled up in the street. As we walked past a woman who looked mid-thirties, sitting with a cup in front of her, my daughter was looking at this. So I asked my daughter, would I give the woman my hat? My daughter and I walked over and offered the woman my hat. She was very grateful. She thanked my daughter and we carried on. I noticed my daughter was getting very emotional. I asked her why. She said she feels so bad for these people. So we agreed we're going to start bringing a tray of sandwiches to the street cafe on Thursdays. Something so small that will make a bit of difference. The kindness of kids should be an inspiration to all of us. Ain't that the truth? They get it because their lives haven't yet been poisoned with the cynicism of adulthood, I have to say. Thank you for that. 0818 96 96 96. Siobhan, you feel very strongly about this morning. She's gone, lads. She was on three, but she's gone. Um, yep, try and get her back there. She's She feels very strongly about this. Um, she, she went and did her own thing the weekend. Morning, lads. Just meeting up with my godmother for breakfast. She's been telling me about a taxi driver called William Healy. She lives at the top of Patrick's Hill. She was walking into town yesterday, the freezing cold. He stopped his taxi, offered her a lift in for free. So we just want to say a huge thanks to him for his kindness. Well, we all know the taxi drivers of Cork are getting together to raise as much money as they can this Christmas for the Cork City Hospital Children's Club. So they're a decent bunch of people, are our taxi drivers. Right, back to Siobhan. She's on one. Hey, Siobhan. Hi, PJ. You've been doing your best. Over yeah, the weekend. Peter, yeah. Um, to be fair, no, like my heart is broken because I've been in town and stuff, and I've seen homeless people and stuff. And I gave a man out the last time I was in their money to go and get a hot cup of tea and stuff. But the other day, I had a few bobs spare, you know, because all my kids now are adults, so you know they don't need as much for Christmas this year. I know. So I went away. I went up to Smith's and I bought a load of toys for kids that I needed this year and I brought them down to Penny Dinners and I gave them a load of selection boxes as well. But um, I'm on it because I just think that if anyone, everyone could, like I don't have much myself, PJ, you know, because I'm on a disability. Yeah. But if I can do it, if everyone could even, you know, 10, 20 euros go down, as Katrina said, she needs jumpers, stuff to keep them all warm, to help people because, you know, if we, if we don't do PJ, no one else is well. Yeah. Councillor centres bed there for everyone does not they're lying. Yeah, well I wouldn't use and the word like lying, but they're always Yeah, well you know what I mean. I like know. there's there's not room for them and no. it's horrible. No, as I just want to say one more thing. Please. I know your I voice, want... Siobhan. We talked before, didn't we? Yeah, girl? see Jeremy the one that won the wall of cash is ready came right. to my house. I remember that. I remember I remember yeah. you. Like your own your own start in life wasn't the best. I know you've talked about that before. Yeah, no, no, I didn't have the best life. No, my my mother died when I was 16 and my dad left when we were all babies. So I really had no one. Like, I didn't get on with other family members. So I had one friend who kind of gave me my dinner every day. I didn't know about penny dinners back then. But yeah. if I did, I would have gone to her. But now I'm going to try and do what I can to help others, you know, even though I don't have them myself. But 
I, I have a roof over my head. I'm able to live day by day. So whatever I spare is going to pay me dinners from now on. Yeah, you blew your budget in, in Smith's, did you? Yeah, I, I, my budget was 150, but I went over 260 euros. Well, good for you. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, but PJ, can I just say something else before I leave as well? Fire away. And there's two boys in town. I know them very well. I follow them on TikTok. I'm on TikTok as well. I does cooking and stuff. And their names is Dylan Brickley and Corey Power. I know them both. Yeah, they're doing a gig in town Saturday from 11 a.m. onwards for the day. They have 20 musicians and it's all charities all going to Penny Dinners. So if anyone could go in there on a Saturday, there's going to be a load of people there. There's a choir and everything going to be there. And it's going to be on through the day and through the evenings. If they could throw a few pounds in there, Katrina can get what she needs then for these people. Yeah, they're two great lads, actually, Dylan and yeah, Corey. Yeah, they're amazing. Fabulous they're lads. amazing boys. Great musicians as well, but they're two, yeah, they are, they're two fabulous no, I, lads. I bought their CD the other day as well. Yeah, two fabulous lads. Siobhan, you didn't know about Penny Dinners when you were a little girl, no? No, I didn't, unfortunately. I didn't, you know, I just had the one friend and I'd go down to her every day and she'd give me my dinner and I'd come back home then at night like, and I'd just have none until the next day. Like, it was rough. You'd and I know what it, I know what it's like. Yeah, just the one meeting. To be lost, and you know when you don't have no minutes, then either PJ. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. very hard in life. So oh, I mean, you had what you said. Your 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 dad left, and your mom. Yeah, died my dad you... left. My dad left back in the eighties. He right. left the all and went to England, right. and my mom died of cancer when she was sixteen. And I did have other family members, but I'm not going to really say much about no, that. No, no, don't, no, no. But you, you're, no. On, you're, on, you're, on, you're only 16 when your mum died. Yeah, she was 42. She had cancer and she died of cancer. Now, were you the oldest? No, I was the third. Right. Yeah, That's... so I had one friend then, and I go down to her every day, and I get a dinner off her, and then I go home back that night then, and I just wait until the next day to get something to eat again. Because yeah. I had no money or nothing. I did work in Annie's years ago. I used to be down Sunday as well. Yeah. I used to work up in the kitchen and stuff, but it wasn't really a lot of money you get. Like, yeah. So, you know, I just survived. But now I know how tough it is. Yeah, you know so, what it's like to struggle, Siobhan. And that's, yeah, yeah, so as I said to my kids, you're all grown now. I get your presents, but you're not going to get what you used to get because there's other people out that need them more than us. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and we don't drink or smoke either, please. So we don't go out. And I'm saying, I had that extra cash in my pocket. What was I going to do? Waste on stupid things. So I'd done the right thing and I went out. You did. And bought toys for kids. And you handed them into, into the penny dinners. Yeah, I brought them down on the, I think it was the Friday, I brought them down. I didn't see Katrina or said, but there was men, a man and a woman came out. And I got them a load of selection boxes as well. Good for you. Yeah. You. Oh no, you're. I remember, look, I remember. I remember your voice actually. With yeah. the I, I spoke to you. I mean, we talked to you and I before about kindness and the kindness yeah. that you were shown as a little girl when things yeah. weren't going right for you. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like we all, if we can all do our bit, you know, like at least we'll help someone, make someone happy. That's all I care, PJ. Because when I handed in those presents, I felt goodness in my heart. Yes. And I walked away with a smile to myself. You do. But that felt good. You do, don't you? 
something yeah. that, something small like that. It means so much to the person you give it to, and to you, well, you just did it because you can. Yeah. You know, so that's all I'd say, PJ. All right, all right. How are things now? How are things these days? Great, PJ. Thank God my anxiety is getting better. No, that's why I'm back on the radio talking. Yeah. I, I remember talking about that before. You, you, like, you literally wouldn't go out the door. No, and I kind of still don't, but I'm getting kind of better now Good. all the time. Like, Good for you. you no, know, I'm getting the help I need because I'm after, I pushed to get, got to get the help I need. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, you're a, you're a good person, and now that I remember who you are, you're a, I know who I'm talking to. You're a, you're a. And de- you know my son too, PJ. I do, I do. You're a, yeah. you're a decent person, Siobhan, and what you did that for the penny dinners was brilliant, and well done to you. Well Thank done you so much, PJ. Thank you. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. My happy Christmas. Take care. As Siobhan Power, I remember her a long time ago being on the program talking about her anxiety and how she was almost afraid to go outside the door. And when she won a big prize on the station, she wouldn't even come out. So we went up and we did the presentation with her up at the house. I remember that. Thank you, Siobhan. 0818. Not just for talking to us, but for what you did. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 966 966. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Mine with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96fm. There's a crash on the Mallow Road heading to Cork by Burnfort. Just hoping it's nothing too serious. Was it black ice? Do we know what happened? But on the Mallow Road headed towards Cork, around the Burnfort area, there's been a crash. As I look out the window of Studio One, there is a pea super has dropped over the city. And that's probably what they call freezing fog. Because it's minus four or minus five outside. And now we have a fog down over us. So that looks like it could well be freezing fog, which is... uh, whole different beast in itself so be very very careful 0818 96 96 96 the number the text to whatsapp 083 396 96 96 and the email is opinion at 96fm.ie Fiona says I think Siobhan is an inspiration uh, I love her on TikTok I'd also like to thank all the small businesses that helped us with our toy appeal for CUH the nurses were delighted they looked after my granddaughter when she was ill. Johnny wants to know what penny dinners need the most. I'm home next week and I want to help. Good man, Johnny. Anything, Johnny. Anything. I think Katrina was saying at the moment, sleeping bags, woolly hats, scarves, gloves, woolly socks. Um, the benefits of a woolly hat in this weather, it's an absolute game changer. I bought one a couple of years ago. I think it might have been the last cold spell I bought a woolly hat and it's lovely little yoke and it's funny how much of a game changer it actually is I was out the weekend and I didn't know how how ridiculous I looked I was out in my woolly hat I was out the back yesterday putting up Christmas decorations in my woolly hat and it is a, a game changer so they definitely want woolly hats in there 
0818-969696. Do you know who the maddest people ever? And I'd, I'd love to know if anyone has done it this morning. It just came into my mind there during the news as I was looking out, watching the, the fog move in and thinking, is that freezing fog? And according to Alan O'Reilly, he was tweeting this morning on Carla Weather that this weather is down now until Saturday. That's a prediction he's giving us. It's down until Saturday. There's no real indication yet of what will happen for Christmas, which is, of course, the weekend after next. He'll make a better call on that, I guess, by the back end of the week. But he's saying Saturday, a lot of uncertainty after Saturday. Some of the indications he's seeing are saying a thaw early next week. Others are saying that you could continue for another few days, but he's not going to make a call on it for a few days more. That's how Alan works. He waits until he's certain before he makes an actual call. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Aideen Kate Murphy, you have a story to tell me um, about gastric band surgery and being approached for it by a Turkish clinic. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Hi, what happened? Um, so I got a DM on Instagram and they basically were just offering me free surgery in return for social media posts. Wow. Now, now you do a, a lot of beauty and makeup social media. Yeah, I'm a makeup artist and I own my own makeup brand. So that's predominantly what I post about online. But I do also preach a lot about um, like self-acceptance and feeling good in your own skin. So I just thought when I got that DM, it was very off brand for me because it's not something that I would ever promote. Um, like, I think anyone is free to do whatever they want, whatever's going to make them happy. But me personally, I just wouldn't ever feel comfortable getting surgery like that mm. and promoting it to my followers. I just think it wouldn't be a great message to be putting out there. So the clinic was coming to you through your DMs to yeah. say, would you be interested in gastric brand surgery as a collaboration? Yes, exactly. I mean... I know. <laughs> I don't quite know how to ask this question without landing myself in more trouble than it's worth. Have you ever even considered this? No, never. Like, <laughs> I mean, I I would be I would describe myself as a curvy girl, but not to the point where I think I would need surgery. Yeah. Um. So no, I had never considered it. Considered it, and you know. I've been doing social media for quite a long time, so I have a tough enough skin. So I just kind of let those things go over my head. I don't take them personally. You just can't take things like that personally. Um, but I just think it wasn't, I just I just think it's something so serious and to just really flippantly offer that to somebody. If, if I was maybe a bit more insecure, maybe I would have gone for it. And you don't know how safe that can be, like especially if it's a surgery that I probably don't need. I just think it can be really dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Your your brand is True Beauty and you've 159,000 followers. So probably they looked and said, can we get on to her now? And yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And which, I mean, that's what happens with social media. It's everyone wants to collab. It's a good way. It works really well sometimes. Like I know from doing it with my makeup brand, like it's, it can work really well, but I just think something like surgery is very drastic and can be really dangerous. So yeah, I just don't yeah, think. You're right. What did you do? Message. How did you respond? I, I didn't. <laughs> I just ignored the message. Mm. I think it's easier to just forget about it, let those things go over your head. But I did share it on my social media because I think it was important for me to share that with my followers to just be like, 
if you are going to go and make a decision and get surgery, just make sure you do your research and don't just do the first one that gets offered to you. Yeah, because I guess what you've done with it is like talking to me and sharing it on your platforms. That's a bit more powerful than just mailing them back and saying, bugger off, like... Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if I can if I can do something that's going to make a positive impact on someone, that's what I'll do with my following. Yeah, I was talking a couple of weeks ago, um, Aideen, to Delia. Uh, Delia had, had been to Turkey and she'd got work done and she was very pleased now with the result. But the reason okay. she was in touch with me was to say to people, look, this ain't no quick fix. Like she had minor complications, she was for months just trying to get get back on the right road. She's there now. But she yeah. said, you know, if she'd known then about how tough it would have been, she might have thought twice, you know. That's it. And that's what I think a lot of people don't realise about something like surgery. They think it's a really quick fix, but it's a, it takes a toll on your body and it's a lot of recovery as well. So you really need to do your research. Mm. Like it's life-altering surgery. Absolutely, yeah. It's not just, yes, it'll if you have the surgery... It'll, it'll deal with your obesity, but you then have to alter your life as well. Of course. Like, it's it's, it's very, um, like, a psychological thing as well because you have to retrain yourself how to eat food because you can't handle it the way you would have before. And I think, you, I just think if anyone's going to do it, do your research and speak to people before um, you make any decisions. Yeah. Now, there's also, I was reading about Professor Helly Heenahan who does this work at St. Vincent's in Dublin, and she's also warning about social media and and this kind of surgery. Yeah, I actually met her. Um, So after this happened, I went on TV to discuss it, and um, I met Helen, and she she actually gave me so much insight to how serious this is and the process. If you were to get this surgery in Ireland, there's like a whole process before you even go for surgery. You have to be evaluated, and you have to take lots of steps it's almost like a program before the surgery so and I had no idea that was even involved so it just goes to show how serious that type yeah. of surgery is yeah according to the independent I have an article in front of me here she said St Vincent's where she works that the number of people turning up at their emergency department with complications after procedures overseas has trebled yeah wow yeah I know it, it's scary it is scary. It, it is very scary. Um, they said that between July 2020 and November 21, 106 people had needed treatment in Vincent's for complications compared to 39 people in the previous 18 months. Yeah. What's the story with advertising rules then? You, like, advertising standards need to apply here, don't they? Look, I I don't know what it's like when it comes to surgery, what way the rules are. I don't legal. I have no idea because it's not something I've ever done. Um, but I would imagine that I I actually don't know. I'd imagine that it's not something that's just going to go yeah. over people's heads. You they're, know? they're they're promoting package deals on on Facebook. They're contacting someone like yourself with big following on Instagram. 
making all sorts of offers, surgery, teeth whitening, flights accommodation around €3,000. Now, the, the Advertising Standards Authority says that any surgery carries risks and care should be taken when promoting such surgery to the public, which sounds like as obvious as saying it's cold outside this morning. Um, but they mm-hmm. say customers should be encouraged to take independent medical advice before committing themselves to significant treatment. But you know the other thing, and you know social media... Uh, Aideen with regards to this kind of thing now that I've been talking to you about it on radio social media is listening and I know that when I open my Instagram later today there'll be ads for this kind of surgery that's that's one way that the that, that yeah. the pressure comes on do you know it's a funny old world I mean there's you you know a successful social media platform it puts a lot of pressure on us in many ways doesn't it yeah, it does. But I think you also just have to, like, you really have to just let things go over your head and not be so focused on what other people think. Because I think that's what a lot of it comes down to. Like, people can get these surgeries and it's all because of the perception they want people to think of you. So you have to just stay true to yourself mm. and, you know, not let other people's opinions mm. make you make drastic decisions. Do, do you kind of have to keep watching for airbrush and hippy dippy and people saying oh this is wonderful when in actual fact it's not it's full of those kind of traps isn't it yeah that's a, like me personally I try to stay as real as possible on social media yeah. um, and I think that's what a lot of my followers know me for as well like I just I'm not really fake and posy and yeah. at times I am of course because I'm a makeup artist like I do pose for photos and I do wear a lot of makeup but I try to be real like I come on my stories with no makeup on and then my hair my hair in a bun and my in my pajamas do you know what I mean so it's not all this fake I am a real person says you. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> all right listen good talking to you Aideen Kate Murphy true beauty makeup you find her on Instagram 159,000 followers but this Turkish clinic sent her a DM and said listen would you like to have surgery and then talk about us and say nice things on your thing and whatever and that's that's not on really not on 0818 96 96 96 okay there was a car that hit a lorry on Mallow Road passable passable in the area but traffic is very slow thanks for that uh <laughs> Don, Don is hoping I had, had more than my woolly hat on when I was putting up the decorations. Oh, I had. I had. Stop it, you. What a fabulous person Siobhan is. Real salt to the earth. I hope she has a happy Christmas. She deserves all the best. Yeah, she is all of that. And as I said, I realized a minute or two into the call who I was talking to, I recognized her voice. A decent, decent, kind, and lovely person. 0818 96 96 96. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Christmas! Christmas! With your local maze, making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. Cork's 96 FM. Yeah, this couple of weeks, just get a nice piece of paper into my hand confirming this. For the next two weeks, we have. 50 euro vouchers for super value. We'll choose listeners entirely at random uh, from the calls we get during the day. And we're going to give one a day, maybe two a day. We'll just give them out. 50 euro vouchers for super value. Thanks to our friends at super value for that. And just to start the ball rolling, I think, and I'm sure you'll agree, that Siobhan 
is very worthy of our first €50 super value voucher to help with the shopping this Christmas. She's been so kind and so good and so generous to Penny Dinners uh, just because she could. Then we figured, you know what, Siobhan? Off you go now, girl. Get your turkey and ham and if you want bits and pieces on us for the Christmas. So €50 from Super Value goes to Siobhan Power. Will we have another one today? I don't know. Will we have more tomorrow? We will. But we have them to give out between now and the Christmas. 0818 96 96 96. We were talking about Cork Simon and the facilities and the work that they're trying to do to keep people warm and safe over Christmas and thousands of people getting together to do Christmas jumper days. I think we've our one here on Wednesday. I must go rooting for my jumper. I must go rooting for the best Santa hat in the world ever, which I haven't been able to find for a couple of years, but I know I I have it somewhere. But every year, thousands of you get together to help fight homelessness by getting together with Cork Simon to have a Christmas jumper day. You can do it wherever you want. And wherever you want, um, anytime, any place, anywhere, work, school, home, online, you damn it, you can do it. Because nobody wants a child to be homeless on Christmas Day. And you can help uh, with that by having your Christmas jumper day. Get a fundraising pack at corksimon.ie and then join us at Corks 96 FM in helping to fight homelessness in Cork. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Judith, I want to be sure I'm pronouncing this properly. Uh, your little boy, is it Angelman syndrome or Angelman syndrome? Morning. Hi, good morning. It's Angelman syndrome. I thought it might be. I thought it might be, but I wasn't so yes. sure. So tell me about Christopher. It's very rare. Yeah, it's very rare. It happens in about uh, 1 to 20,000 people. Yeah. And in Ireland, only around uh, 350 people live with AS. So it's a very, very rare genetic uh, disorder. It affects the mobility, the speech. It causes intellectual disability and also sleeping and feeding uh, issues. Uh, The main issue is that the chromosome 15, so it has a maternal and a paternal gene, and in Angelman syndrome, the maternal part is totally missing or broken. Okay. So Angelman syndrome has more types. So the the uh, the majority has uh, the de- deletion which is the which is the missing of the maternal sure. Sure. gene of the and chromosome it's, it's, 15. It's not something that yeah. Christopher inherited from you or his dad. It's just No, it's not. No. No. Most cases it's kind of gene mutation. So unfortunately, we can't do anything against okay. genetics. Now, how, do, how did you discover it and how does it affect him? So we have a daughter who will be six and she's fine. So once Christopher was born, we already had issues with his feeding. So it was very hard to, to feed him, even uh, breastfeeding or with the bottle. And uh, he seemed to be very upset because... Um, I could see it. He was actually hungry, but he was not able to to suck, you know. Yes. And uh, and then they said, you know, it's normal. They need time. She's uh, he is just born. Okay, but I fe- I already felt something was wrong. But uh, when we came home, he he seemed to be fine. 
And after about, he was about three months, and uh, this is the time when uh, babies are starting to roll over, and you know, uh, you have to put them on the tummy, yeah. and he was crying, he was very upset, and he, was, he wasn't keen on being on tummy. So I mentioned him to the public health nurse, and uh, she said, it's absolutely fine, he's still too young, you know, and I don't need to compare babies because they are not uh, the same. Yes. And then uh, he was around four months old, and uh, then the sleeping disorder started, and uh, what I can say is, uh, he woke up in the middle of the night, around midnight, he was awake for an hour, then he went back to sleep for 10 minutes, then he woke up again, sometimes he was awake until 4 o'clock, and then I, <laughs> then I told the nurse, I think it's not good, I think something is wrong, yeah. and she told me he was probably hungry. Mammy is convinced <laughs> that something isn't right, you were convinced yeah. something wasn't right, and everyone around you was saying this is, this is normal. Eating, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was eating daytime, so I didn't feel that he was hungry, and then he was diagnosed with colic, so we used medication for the tummy pain, but it wasn't helping at all. Yeah. So I made lots of researches and everything, and then I I was approached by a sleep therapist, but she was fully booked for the next 10 or no, six mm. months. Yeah. And I was totally desperate, and we were well, so you, apart, exhausted. Apart from because... anything else, Judith, I know you're trying to run. <laughs> you're trying to run a business as well as everything else. Like so, <laughs> so you're not getting any sleep, and he's not getting any sleep, and and nobody in the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, Mammy knew. Mammy knew something wasn't right. Yeah, and the first time when he was able to roll over, he was nearly six months old. Yeah. And then he was nearly 10 months old and he still was not able to sit at all. He wasn't able to crawl even on the tummy. He wasn't even, you know, he was not able to do anything apart from rolling over. And uh, when I took him to different uh, consultants and GPs and nurses, he was told he might be lazy or, you know, I, I was told I need to give him some time but I felt it's it's not right. So, and that year, unfortunately, my dad passed away. So I'm originally from Hungary. So I traveled home, and I took uh, him with me. And uh, he was seen by different doctors, and they all agreed that uh, it's not good. So it took another few months here in Ireland. Uh, until I met someone, a pediatrician, and he totally agreed with me. Mm. He was over one at that time, and all he could do is rolling over and crawling on the tummy. Yeah. And he was already 12, 13, 14, nearly 15 months old. Yeah. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So he was, uh, he was referred to genetic test. But in the meantime, I already made lots of researches online. And because his main symptom was the smiling, he was happy all day long. Yes, he was I've, I, at I looked everyone. up some pictures, Judith. I looked up some pictures when I was, <laughs> you know, and all of the kids that they have this huge smile. Yes, they are smiling a lot. Yeah. And then it just came to my mind because anywhere we went, everyone said, look at him. He's so happy. He's smiling. Oh, he's so cute. He's smiling. And then just out, out of the blue, it came to my mind. I heard somewhere, I don't know where, about happy baby syndrome. So I looked up online and all the symptoms referred there to you him. Know. So before the genetics, I already suspected and knew that uh, he is That's actually how you came across it. having it was the a smile. German syndrome. It was the smile. Yes, and, it and was all it, the smile. Did, did he have teeth at that stage, Judith? Was he starting to teeth? Yeah, he started to teeth very early. Yeah. And unfortunately, due to the genetic issue, he gaps already between lost the teeth, isn't there? Because he already lost two teeth. Yeah. Yes. And I took him to dentist and uh, I took him to different people, dentists, and yeah. nobody ever seen anything so, like this. So they were just... Uh, they said they are very sorry, but uh, they can't do anything and they don't know what's happening. It could be genetic. It could be maybe he hit it. But I said no, because he's not able to crawl or to do anything. So he's with me all the time. So I'm 100% sure that he didn't hit his teeth. So, yeah. so now that you know what it is, what is to be done? What is to be done? Is there is there medication? Is there anything? I know it's a genetic disorder, which means it's irreversible. But is there anything that can be done for him? Yes. So there is no treatment for this, but the conditions can be improved. I mean, with the physio, with the SLT and OT, and now he is linked with different services. So we did private and we did public, I mean, physios and uh, speech and language uh, yeah. therapies. So the, the good sign is that he's babbling because most of these children, unfortunately, remain nonverbal through their life. Mm. And the maximum they can speak is like uh, 20, 30 words. Yeah. But I already heard successful uh, stories that they could uh, speak uh, up to... 100, 200 words. 
yeah. and they are using, uh, you know, uh, application for communication. Yes. It's called AAC. I know. Yeah, it. but he's still too young, so it yeah. can be done from age three. Okay. Yeah. Now, there's a oh. fundraising page that you set up because it's very hard to. This is an expensive thing to, to you know, to be a parent of. So you've got to justgiving.com. Yes, Yes, and even with public uh, therapists, you know, there is a huge waiting list. Yeah. And in, I mean in private, excuse me. Yeah, because in public you can wait sometimes 12 months, 24 yeah. months. But even if you wanted to go to private, sometimes you would need to wait up to three months. So it depends on the therapy. Okay. What and, you and, need. And, and Judith, have you met any other parents of, of children with Angelman in Ireland? Yes, yes, I did. And in court, there isn't many. Yeah. So I know who they are. And we are in uh, contact. Good. So we share experiences. Yes. Because yes. one family, they, are, they have older children. So I keep uh, contact with the mom and uh, she's sharing okay. her experiences. Very good. Yeah. And well, Christopher is the youngest in Cork. We wish you and Christopher very well. On 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 your fundraising page, you have a. It's written in his own words, which is lovely. It's very nice. Uh, just, yeah, and just, it's a Christmas fundraising for five charities, and uh, all the donations will be equally divided between uh, Children Health Foundation, Temple Street, Cork Penny Dinners, CUH, Epilepsy Island, and the Jack and Jill. Excellent. Foundation. Okay, and they can so, find it on yeah. justgiving.com. Christopher Angel will find it there. Judith, thank you very much and uh, the best of success in dealing with this difficult uh, condition. Um, but here's hoping that medical science will catch up with Angel Man Syndrome and the best of luck to you and your beautiful little boy and indeed his sister. Coming up to Christmas, 0818 96 9696. Access all areas on Cork's 96 FM. Your guide to nightlife on Lee Side. Hi, it's Michael with an update on Cork's entertainment. Cork's most beautifully spoken millionaire is on a mission to help Ireland's nouveau riche. Reggie's guide to social climbing comes to the Everyman Theatre for a lengthy run starting on Wednesday, March 8th until Sunday, March 19th. Tickets are on sale now from the Everyman box office. Access all areas. Acknowledged as one of Ireland's most successful music acts of their generation, The Frame's career already spans over three decades. They return to Cork next summer to play live with the Marquee for two nights on Friday, June 2nd and Saturday the 3rd. Access All Areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. A lot of love in the room for Siobhan Power from earlier on. Um, and the lovely thing that she did for Penny Dinners. Uh, she went out to Smith's Toys and she had a budget of 150 quid and she said, sod it. She blew her budget and she went off and she bought selection boxes and took them all in because Siobhan remembers as a little girl. Uh, not having a whole lot herself. Her friend used to make dinner for her. Um, her dad left when she was very small. Her mom died when she was only 16. And you know the rest. Um, so she remembers what it's like to have it tough. 
at Christmas so she decided she can do it now so she went to Smith's Toys and she spent a lot more money than she'd planned to spend and she doesn't care because she was able to do it so we gave her the first of we've got a bunch of them over the next two weeks uh, 50 euro vouchers from our friends at Super Value and we decided to kick it off by just giving Siobhan one of them and I don't think anybody's going to argue with us on that no? good and we've more loads more loads more 0818-96-96-96 and we'll give them back we'll give them out randomly between now and uh, Christmas we have 10 more shows 10 more opinion lines between this and Christmas 0818-96-96-96 now if you've lost a doggy this year or indeed at any stage you know the pain of losing a doggy a family pet they, they, they drill their way into your heart and when you lose them it breaks it um, and particularly if there's a young kid in the house who is particularly attached to that four-legged four-ball, it's very hard for them. You had an experience, how long ago did, did Macy die, James? Morning. Yeah, um, <clears throat> about three weeks ago, PJ, we had oh. to get her put down. Okay. Um, she just came, she became, she became very ill yeah. over the space of a week and... Um, it was, the, it was the only choice we had really for her, you know, that she, time. She was a beautiful dog. What was she? She was 14 years old. She was a... she was 14, yeah. She was uh, she was exceptionally old for a boxer because uh, the average age for a boxer is eight or nine. That's right. So even the vest, that morning, he couldn't get over her age either, you know. She was a beautiful, beautiful dog. You put up pictures. She was. She was. Yeah. She was. Well, see, it's not even that at all. Like, um, um, my daughter Katie, as you know, is autistic. Yes. And, she bonded. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean... Like, I've shared pictures of the two of them since Katie was born, right up to the last picture she had with her before me, Macy was put on, you know? Yeah. And um, they had an amazing relationship, and, and Macy was fantastic with Katie growing up. Before we even knew Katie had autism, um, you know, she was getting little um, overwhelms and stuff, and Macy used to go to her. Yeah. There were all these little things. Like, she was like an assistance dog without any training. She just adapted to her, you well, know? They know. They know. Like, they, they, they know. Yeah, and we've always believed that um, Katie is Katie is, is is thriving today because of Macy. I mean, mm. Katie used to even argue with the dog as a child. You know, yeah. she kind of learned that skill. Yeah. You know how to yeah. argue back. You know, if Macy took a ball or something, she'd be giving out to the dog, and Macy wouldn't give it to her. It was actually used to be comical to watch it. You know, yeah. And but, uh, so you know, you, had, I, I can imagine every ball. everybody in the house devastated, but Katie especially when Macy had to go. So. You got a big, beautiful surprise from Castle Jewelers. I did. I did. They, 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 they look to be fair to them. To, um, Marie and Sue, they contacted me a couple of days after Macy passed away just to extend their sympathy to us, you know? Because yeah. they're, they're avid dog lovers as well. I know them cause with, from their own dogs. Yeah. So they knew what we were going through, you know? So so that was fine. And uh, we had a conversation for a half an hour about that. And then they contacted me last week, I think. And they said, look, we want to do something special for Katie. And... Uh, I said, all right. And she says, can you send me on a few pictures? And I did. And the next day we got dependent. So I was kind of wondering what was going on, you know? Yeah. And, uh, There's a lovely video oh, on the Boys and Girls in Knockout. Just, 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 is, tell, just tell people what's in there. There is. I, sorry, Peter, go ahead. No, just describe the video for, for people who haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, I was outside talking. We, we, caught, we came into the shop and I was outside talking. I met somebody passed. I knew when I was chatting to him and I just saw... Marie go up the back and I thought, she's, I want a video of this. So I came, I, I started the camera from outside the shop and I came in and my wife Orla was with Marie and Marie was showing Orla the, the pendant and Katie was just kind of pondering around. Mm. 
And uh, I don't know if you can hear in the video, Marie says, does she know? And Orla says, no. Yeah. So we, they called her over and Orla came over and they, they gave her, um, they gave um, Katie the pendant. Mm. And uh, yeah, she was just, she was in awe looking at it. She just couldn't believe it. They just turned a picture of Katie and Macy together. Just the two of them together, yeah. That, that picture was taken down below in Kilcray Abbey there where we lived. That was our, that was our kind of our favourite place to go because we could take Macy off the lead, you know. Yes. And leave her run free. So that we, we spent a lot of time down there. So just the picture in itself means a lot to where it was. Yes, You know, as well. It's our favourite place, yes, you know. Of course, yes, of course. So bring in Marie Minahan there from Castle Jewellers. Hi, Marie. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good. Beautiful gesture and well done. When did you start doing these? They're such a lovely idea. Oh, for many years now we do them. But it, it's not, it's normally people, but we do get requests for animals every now and again. But we just wanted to do something for Katie because we knew how attached she was to the dog. Yeah, so, and how long does it take to, to, I mean, if you want, if someone wants to go in now and get one for Christmas for somebody? Unfortunately, it's too late. Is it? Brexit and everything. It's Bre- hang on, Brexit? Yes, with the parcels coming in, so it's still a bit hit and miss. So we stopped, we just stopped a few weeks earlier this year. I see. Oh, yeah. they, get done, so, they get done in the UK, do they? Yeah, we might, we might consider now maybe investing in the machine ourselves. Yeah. But, um... We'll have to see in the new year. Yeah, but there's yeah. a big demand for them. Yeah. What What's popular this year in ju- in terms of jewellery? Personalised stuff for Christmas? Uh, all with name chains. It's across the board this year and the, the young boy seemed to be gone absolutely crazy for jewellery this year. Really? Yes, uh, we just can't believe it at all. And and bling, bling, bling. Oh, bling, bling, blingy, bling, yeah. So the world has changed. The world has changed. Is romance back, or did it ever go? Oh, know. romance! Romance is always there. <laughs> romance has always been there, and we've had a few surprise engagements over the last few weeks. But the Irishmen have definitely improved in the romantic stage. Have they? Yes, without a doubt. <laughs> are you they're laughing at James Toomey? What are you laughing? Oh, at? You think romantic yourself? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the Irish boys are getting better. What you say, James? I said I'm laughing at you, PJ. Mm, romance, yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, come on. I mean, I've been what? Say nothing. Say nothing. They've come. A, they've come a long way. They've come a long way. The Irishmen. Yeah, there's actually a, 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 a poem up on your page this morning, James. Some fella wrote a poem about his first love. Oh, that's John Morgan. Yeah, actually, it was actually John Morgan, the writer and poet. There, he actually—I meant to say—he actually gave us a fantastic um, uh, picture of Macy and wrote a poem as well for her. Oh, lovely! A couple of, weeks, a couple of days after when Macy passed away, he called to our house with his family and he presented it to us. We was absolutely blown away with that gesture as well. Really so nice. I meant, I meant to say that. So it was fun. Yeah, that's John Morgan. Yeah, John Morgan. That's his third writing. He, he wrote a couple of things about love. Yeah, that's yeah. his third one. Yeah, and they're, that's why they're, they're actually very good in fairness to me. Very good. It's so lovely. It's it, it's lovely. So the, the the romance is is safe in Cork, is it, Marie? It is. Without without a doubt, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, so it was me you were laughing at, James. Uh, I was laughing at you, PJ. Yeah, <laughs> I think you just have to take it, But come here to me with regard to I, I'm Brexit. Is that really affecting business, Marie? Um, it's a, still a bit hit and miss with parcels coming. It, no, it has gotten better, but of course, the one thing that you want, you know, it mightn't just go straight forward. The thing you don't want will arrive. Yeah. But it has gotten better. 
But yeah. uh, you, the one thing you don't want to do is disappoint a person, especially no, that's for Christmas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is, stuff get, is stuff getting caught up with customs charges and stuff and things like that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, oh, it is, it's, it's just, it's still a bit hit and miss, to be yeah. honest with you. No, I bought something there a few weeks ago, just a piece of DIY kit. And for sitting there, no sign of it coming for weeks, weeks, weeks. And then I got a, a, a note from my post to say you need to pay an extra 10 quid on top of this. What the hell is that about, like? But this is happening all the time. Yeah, and people are starting to realise that now maybe it's better to, to buy at home where possible. Absolutely. I just couldn't you know, get that thing here, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's, the other, that's the other problem. So you'll have, to, you'll have to get that machine, because after, being, after doing this now for, for, for Katie, and you'll, you'll be run out the door with people who want pictures and... <laughs> Well, James is, a, James is a fantastic photographer, so maybe he might be able to help us out on that. I'm sure he will. Figure it all out. I'm sure he will. Absolutely, yeah. I will. Yeah. How's, 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 how's Katie doing now, James? Uh, she's great, to be fair. No, she, she's very quiet about it. Every now and then she has a moment, and we know, but she doesn't talk about it. But um, with the pendant yesterday, we went into the Alva Plunkett for some lunch, and she's just very quiet into herself. Yeah. So she was kind of staring at it. So we just left her alone. You know, we kind of leave her alone when she's in that kind of a zone, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, we knew she was delighted. Like, I mean, um, it's on her. And to play on her for a long time. Yeah. You know, there's not a hope in hell we're going to get her off or not at the stage, you know. No. So, but, she, but it was brilliant. And I, I can't thank the lads in Castle Jewelers enough, in fairness. Yeah. Well, like it was said, our we pleasure. This, and my wife got upset. or got a bit emotional, <laughs> you know, herself. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it was a small gesture and it was our pleasure to do it. But it was fantastic, uh, Marie, in fairness, yourself. And so you're fantastic people. And you always were. And even yeah, to the dogs, people, like, even to dogs out in the street, people passing Marie and Sue would come out to the dogs and to, yeah. the, dog, to the people's dogs, you know? Yeah. And so, we're you know, dog friendly. They're dogs. You're dog no friendly, problem yeah. dogs coming into the shop. And we always have a bowl of water for them. Oh, fantastic. Well, this, time of, this time of the year, all very important. Very important. All right. Listen, my best to the to the family, James. And, and thanks great, for yeah, another, another year of great, great work on the Boys and Girls in Naka. Thanks, uh, great work that, and great photography. So my best to yourself Thank and the family. And Marie Minahan and Castle Juniors, best to you guys for Christmas. Thank you very much and happy Christmas to you all. Cheers and shop local. Go to a place like Castle Jewellers. Cheers. 0818 96 96 96. Yeah. Gordon. Gordon, you're kind of pressing a button I'm into here. Um, although I don't think they're the worst offenders. Picture this. Uh, he says, a lovely song ruined by the lead singer. Chris Mush? When's that? Yeah. He's not the worst. Now, that's not the worst. That's kind of him singing in his own accent. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to forgive that. But, oh my God, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I was listening to an artist recently. I'm putting it together. I have it together on my Spotify, a big list of Christmas songs from all different genres and all different styles of music. I have like, I have brass bands playing Christmas carols on my, on my Spotify list. It's just me. But I, I, I found an album by an Irish artist that I like last week and I was going to dump a couple of songs on and then I heard... Have yourself a merry little creeshmoish. And I goes, nah, nah, I'm out. But I don't think picture this of the worst offenders, Gordon. Cheers, bud. Christmas cash stars. On Cork's 96 FM. Cork's 96 FM. I know, I haven't much to worry me, have I? No, I haven't. No. If you, you want that, look up Spotify and PJ's Christmas selection box. You'll find it there. Enjoy. Or not, as the case may be. Write your chance to win with Cork's 96FM Christmas Cash Stars. So easy to do this. 
so easy and up to 10,000 euro to be won. Who are these people? Christmas cash stars. Now, last week, Courtney guessed that one of them is James Corden and she won herself a thousand euro. But we still have plenty of money and time for you to win it between now and Christmas. Two grand if you're the first to identify any two stars of those three and ten for all three stars in the correct order. Christmas cash stars. We know the third one. First two, who were they? After four o'clock, we call one lucky texter who get the chance to name the stars and win the cash. You need to answer this question to get into it. Traditionally, at Christmas, you serve turkey and what? Is it A, ham or B, spam? If you know the answer, text the word WIN and that answer, A or B, to 57886. Tickets are 250 per entry. A text rather 250 per entry and you're playing across the wireless Ireland network of stations. Lights close at four and then get ready for our call and your chance to win big with Cork's 96FM. Full T's and C's that you need are on 96FM.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, savings with a smile all through the Christmas season. The Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a not-for-profit organisation, or you have a fundraising event you would like mentioned, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With corksimon.ie. No one wants their child to grow up to be homeless on Christmas Day. On Cork's 96fm. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 966 966 966 in, in an intelligent society that we're supposed to live in. But would you please stay off the lock? I'm after getting pictures sent to me of ice on the lock and of people trying it or looking at it. For God's sake, lads, don't. You'd put your finger or your thumb through it. So do not try to skate out on the ice, please, uh, on the lock. Um, I remember the last really bad cold spell Sorry, really long cold spell Because me, I love this weather I can't call this bad weather But anyway, the last really long cold spell we had uh, There was a couple of lads fell through the ice on the lock I remember being there for the newsroom After it happened And the poor devils, they were frozen But again, the councillor said Lads, don't try skating on the lock Whatever you do um, there's a tragedy in the UK you might have seen it, you might not there was four kids, four youngsters went through the ice at a lake yesterday somewhere in England I can't quite remember where but the four of them went down through the ice and the four of them all had heart attacks from the cold I was listening to that on the radio news this morning they are, So, and please don't be skating on frozen ponds 
or anything. This weather is down with us for another few days at least and ponds will freeze and small lakes will freeze and the lock is already freezing. Can we please be cautious? Don't be doing anything stupid because we don't want any tragedies like that. 0818 96 96 96 the number text to whatsapp 083 396 96 96 the email is opinion at 96fm.ie now Joanne you were listening to us earlier on you heard me talking to Katrina about people sleeping out there is always this cohort of people and the, the lads over on the proc were pointing it out to me and asking me to remember it which I had already done when I was talking to Katrina there are people who just won't go in but they're few and far between and everyone who wants a bed should have one and again this great lie Joanne they don't do they good morning Morning, PJ. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, yes, that's right. Um, I used to work for a homeless charity in Dublin. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we like at the time there wasn't beds for everybody, but they did say that they would chat to everybody on the street and try and get them sorted into emergency accommodation, a hostel, or maybe more t- long-term accommodation. But just unfortunately, some people just said no because they're afraid to go into these emergency hostels um, where there's shared beds and you're in rooms with several people um, for various reasons such that they're they're nervous um, because of previous violent situations or because they themselves might be trying to stay off drink or drugs and don't want to be involved in a situation that could get them back into that um, kind of lifestyle again I suppose and you they would rather sleep off. very didn't you? Yeah, it was Peter McBride Trust in Dublin. Yes, yes. So um, I would have been involved in the team trying to find accommodation for these service users and just get the building set up and find open buildings and things like that. Not directly, more indirectly, but had some involvement there. Um, yeah, and there is kind of more to it than just opening opening one up and yeah. kind of taking over a building, unfortunately. Can, can we talk about that yeah. for a minute, Joanne? Because I guess... I, I could be accused of over oversimplifying it, but I mean, there are empty buildings, there are empty public mm-hmm. buildings uh, with heating in them, and the army will give you camp beds, and there's places will bring food. And to an, to a lay person like me, it sounds like a no brainer. And to me as well, I've been kind of not working in that, um, kind of, I just do volunteer work now, but, you know, I've been out of the, the charity kind of environment for a couple of years now as in working like mm. an employed worker. Um, but at the time, there's a lot of legislation around health and safety, ensuring that the buildings are to like a, a certain standard, be it for fire safety, you know, um, even pipes and water and things like that just getting working. And, you know, it does take a while maybe to get these services running um, and get them to a safe standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm thinking in terms of offices that are empty and, you know, again, the simplistic view uh, is, well, let's get those offices and get some beds in there and get some get the water going and get the toilets running and, and, and at least it's warmer than a doorway. Yeah, it would be great. And I think, you know, from, from my past experience, I know with Peter McBride Trust, they do act on that and get that turned around really quickly. But I mean, really quickly could be a month. You know, it's, it's, it's not doable. 
Like, and that would be quick. You know, it wouldn't be doable kind of overnight as quick as that. Okay. You might maybe a couple of weeks, but yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. And then the other thing is like that, they will be still people that just don't want to go into a shared accommodation. Yeah. They'd rather give everybody their own private room, their own kind of warm, safe space. Mm. Um, yeah, and I guess, look, right now that's probably not an ideal option with the weather and everything like that. Yeah. Better to get everybody indoors, but you, there you, certainly you, are some you, you people... Really would want to be, you really would want to be in a very traumatised way, mm-hmm. have been traumatised by your experience that you would prefer on a night when it's heading for minus six or lower to, to sleep in the doorway yeah. of Debenhams on a pile of quilts that someone has given you. You really want, would want to be very desperate Absolutely, I 100% agree um, and it's just really sad that there are people out there like that that would choose this freezing temperature over going into an available bed. That's actually a bit frightening, Joanne. It, it is very frightening, yeah, yeah. And look, I know that they're saying that we do have beds, that there's beds for everybody out there, um, you know, there might not be. I'm not sure. We have to believe what's been said. Yes. Um, but if there was a way that we could maybe... Um, console these service users and tell them that, you know, it will be monitored, that it will be a safe environment, that there will be regular checks done um, to make sure that everybody is safe and well and not in a scary position for them. Maybe yeah. that's the way to do it. But again, I don't know how that will realistically yeah. work. No, yeah. but I mean, as a volunteer on the ground, you've done a hell of a lot more than I have, for example. And I'm thinking of using, could we make a phone call to Collins Barracks and our army would provide mm. supervision and they'd mine people and, you know, there are resources we could call in a week like that's ahead of us. I mean, it's minus four now and it's quarter past 11 in the morning. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely an option. I just realistically don't know how feasible know. it is to work. Um, it would be great if it could be done. Um, and I suppose the powers that be, they might be able to, to yeah. work something around for those people. Like the yeah, army, yeah. and they're only around the corner from us here, as you know. Mm-hmm. Like the army will do anything you ask them to do. And they are I agree. brilliant yeah. at it. If you said yeah. to the army, if you said to the army, we have a space, we need beds, we need heat, and we need a canteen. They'll give it to you in two days. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be great, yeah. You know, yeah. that's the yeah. point. Because this is, uh, like, for and for that poor devil in the doorway of Debenhams or, or, or Eason's or anywhere, you know, that they've been traumatised by something they experienced before. Mm-hmm. If you could say to them, look, call him John. John, it's new. It's a warm bed. There's a soldier on security. Mm-hmm. Nothing will happen to you. Yeah, yeah, and I think that would be, you know, great help and kind of security and support for those people that feel that way. Um, and it might change their mind, you know, they might then be willing to yeah. come indoors. Because that's, yeah. I think that's the most horrific thing and trying to get into the idea of the fact that you are prepared to take this for a, and, and just mm-hmm. rely on, and, and I don't know who the, who the beautiful person is, I've no doubt it's Katrina or one of her volunteers or somebody else is going around because there was a guy, I was walking down on Friday to meet uh, Palamoyne for lunch and this was the middle of the day and there was a fellow trying to get warm in a doorway. Now some beautiful human being had left, he must have had six duvets. Yeah. Someone, yeah, people someone, are so generous. So, they are. I mean, like, yeah. whatever bit of warmth was there, he was going to get it out of six duvets, but it's still not the right mm-hmm. place to be. No, God. absolutely not. And I know that there's lots of street runs with food, kind of um, various nights of the week, um, where, 
there's lots of volunteers cooking food, making soup, you mm. know, hot meals and everything like that. And, you know, it's still not enough food. There's that many people coming in right. to get the food and, you know, try and stay warm. Um, but yeah. it's just not enough. You, yeah. Have you done you, have you done some work with Katrina as well over the years? No, I haven't. Not with Penny Dinners. No, actually, I'm doing some volunteer work, like cooking the meals and things like that for Homeless Help Cork. Um, yeah, it's just very sad to see it. Yeah. Um, and they fall you know. on the food. Like, they don't just eat it, they yeah. fall on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's sad to see kind of the cues of people, you know, um, and even I suppose there would be some invisible homeless as well, you know, that aren't on the streets, um, you know, don't have their own home, are staying with friends, you know, um, in hotels and things like that, you know, those are kids. um, Yeah, we we, we kind of forget that, don't we? We forget Mm -hmm. that, Joanne, the people who are in in hotel accommodation and I, I don't know this was something we raised on the program a few years ago um, because I was disgusted by it the people who were in emergency accommodation in a hotel were not permitted to avail of the breakfast in the hotel mm-hmm. I was yeah. appalled by that I don't know if that ever changed I don't know I don't know but I do know that these are the type of people that do come to use the homeless services as well. Yeah, yeah. All right. Joanne, thank you and for, for all the work that you are doing and have continued to do. Uh, the, well done to you. Well done to you. And you worked with the great Peter McVerry, a man for whom all of us have the most immense respect and admiration. Thanks, Joanne. 0818 96 96 96. That happened a few years ago. I remember talking to a, a mother here on the show and she was she was distraught now her situation was temporary she was going to be okay she wasn't going to be homeless for a long period of time but but at the time we spoke she was in emergency emergency accommodation in a bed and breakfast situation and the morning we spoke she had taken her little girl to the centra across the road to get her some sausage rolls or whatever for her breakfast and I said hang on a minute you're in a bed and breakfast you're in a place that serves breakfast she said yes and my little girl can smell sausages and we're walking past the dining room and she can smell sausages and rashers and she's hungry and we can't go in there because we're not allowed to have that I don't know if that ever changed I hope to goodness it did we tried, to, we tried to make a bit of noise about it here on the show. And I know that some local councillors raised it in the chamber because this was, this was accommodation being paid for by the council. I don't know if it ever changed. 0818 96 96. People were blown away that Tato, Tato Crisps, got their name from potatoes. Ah, come off lots the stage. Of, lots of people didn't know that, Ross. I thought a pirate's dish was called a pirate's dish until I was about 20. A pirate's? A pirate's dish. I thought it was because I caught pirates cooked with that dish like before. What are we having for dinner, ma'am? Shepherd's pie. Why? Why? We, we just are. <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning. You can now order your 231 electric Skoda Enyaq from No DC Cars. Skoda sales dealer of the year. Exclusively Skoda in the city. Corks 96 FM. 
PJ and Pierce and everybody on the radio, can you please ask listeners to put on their lights when they're driving? Up at St Mary's in Gronenbrough, the fog is thick and some people are driving around with no lights on. Thanks, says Linda. Yeah, if you have those DLRs, those uh, daytime running lights or DRLs on your car, they're on anyway. But if you have an older car that doesn't have those, please put on your lights, put on your fog lights and whatever other lights you have. Light up, for goodness sake. Let us see you. Yeah. Actually, yesterday, the Munster match, Munster versus Toulouse, unfortunately went on the wrong side for Munster, but a good game nonetheless, an enjoyable game to watch, if you could see it. They were calling it this morning the slog in the fog, which I thought was absolutely great. Style. Anyway, I digress. But p- please, if you have, if you are driving, please put your lights on. 0818 96 96 96. Now, there is a new project called the Dear Moon project being funded by a Japanese billionaire and it is effectively a trip to the moon and non-astronauts are travelling and among them will be the first Irish woman ever in space the first Irish person in space in fact, uh, born in Cork, joining me from the UK where you grew up, Rhiannon Adam, good morning Hi, good morning. Tell me a little bit about yourself what do you want to know? Um, well, we'll so, start with Cork, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I was born in Cork, and um, I went to Bandonbridge National School for a bit, and, uh, yeah, lived outside of Ballinabee in a house called Rathrow. And, um, yeah, we left when I was seven from Kinsale. We bought a boat from a pub notice board, and uh, off we went. So oh, I, you, hang on. Yeah. You bought a, po- bought, bought a boat off a notice board in a pub and yeah. set sail? Yeah. <laughs> No one believed me, obviously. <laughs> I do. Tell me more. Your dad just decided. <laughs> yeah, he um, he was a boat builder, and he used to do you know kind of odd bits and pieces when we were in Ireland, but there wasn't you know a huge amount going on. Um, and he went off for a little while uh, working on a boat, and he kind of got a thirst for it. Mm-hmm. And he came back and decided that that's what we were going to do. So we literally had a bit of an open house and had price tags on every single item we owned raised money for our trip and sold our house, sold everything and went off and lived on a boat. So, so yeah. seven-year-old Rhiannon sets yeah. sail from Kinsale on a boat. Indeed. And, <laughs> and, and now you're setting sail on a new kind of a ship to the moon. <laughs> exactly. And in between, exactly. you're a, photo- a photographic artist. Indeed, yeah. I think because, you know, I ended up, coming into photography I suppose because we didn't have um, we didn't really take very many pictures when we were doing things back then because you know it was the 90s and it was just we didn't have camera phones so I sort of ended up becoming a photographer a little bit by accident sort of to recapture all of that life I suppose I'd missed but yeah different kind of ship for sure but I'm good with enclosed spaces that's the one thing I will say I'm very good with enclosed spaces (laughs) yeah (laughs) I, I listened to a documentary you did on BBC about going to the Pitcairns Oh yeah. So you're you're into ex- exploration. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I, I ran out of places after the Pitcairn Islands. Where else do you go that's more extreme? Um, I guess the moon. I suppose that was the only conclusion I could come to. <laughs> so did you put your name down for this, or what? How did it work? Yeah. So I, I was actually it was during the pandemic, and you know, it was incredibly um, frustrating for anyone that devoted their whole life to travel and. I was one of those people. And, you know, I saw this open application on Twitter and a few friends had reposted it and it sort of kept popping up in my feed. And I thought, what an incredible idea. Um, Because, you know, artists have never 
gone to space to make work. And because I work a lot with remote communities and I've worked in kind of the extremities of the planet, I thought, well, you know, this seems like quite a good fit. Mm. But of course, I never in a million years did I think I would actually end up being selected for it. Um, all the way through, we were quite aware of how many people were applying. And I kept seeing these like little... Um, little icons that people have posted when when you applied you could put you upload your picture into a space helmet and i kept seeing all these people's you know profile pictures popping up all over the internet so i knew there was you know overwhelming uptakes for the opportunity so i just never thought about you know in a serious way that i'd end up being selected but here i am there there can't be too many places no there were there were eight um they were looking for eight crew members and of course there were two backup crew members and yeah, so the chances of uh, getting selected for this are pretty slim. So yeah, as I've said before elsewhere, but I think I should have started playing the lottery or maybe I've just used up all my luck now, that's it. So, so it'll be for you then, it'll be a photographic exhibition? Yeah. I mean, or I'm, I'm expedition not, rather? Yeah, expedition, yeah. I'll be making work, all of us will be doing our own thing, but we'll also probably be collaborating together to make work. Um, and I think that's what's exciting about it, is being able to work with different creators from different fields. Mm. Sometimes being a photographer is a little bit solitary, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit lonely. We but, know from Commander Hadfield from years yeah. ago, the incredible photographs that can be taken in space. You must be excited as anything, are you? Of course, I'm I'm absolutely I mean, I wanted to say over the moon and realise what a terrible pun that was. <laughs> <laughs> and I caught myself just in time, but I thought I'd just reveal it anyway. But um, but yeah, no, of course, I, I'm beyond excited about, about it. And just seeing the world from such a different perspective, I can imagine that's going to be completely life-changing. So when does it happen? Well, I mean, scheduling-wise, we're still waiting on confirmation of various details. And of course, there are many um, kind of regulatory things that go on behind the scenes that that deal with the scheduling so i mean we've still been told it's 2023 okay um and that's what we're kind of working to but you know it's space things get held up who knows well we we know that project in nasa at the moment how many different attempts they had to get off the ground first and then get back and all that so these things nothing is certain in space but sometime during during 2023 and how long how long a trip is it is it a couple of days what is it no, it's um, it's around about a week. So we go around the dark side of the moon. We watch Earth rise, which will be incredible, and come back. And it's the first time since the last Apollo mission that this has happened. Um, so watch Earth rise. Yeah. So like we watch the moon rise. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that incredible image that was taken of Earth rising, where it's just turning up out of the blackness. I mean, that's what we'll see. And it's sort of everyone you've ever known, everyone you've ever loved is all on this blue orb and we'll be off in the abyss. You must be buzzing to get a camera at that. Uh, yeah, completely. And, you know, I'm going to be taking some, some sort of interesting, like, analogue processes. So it isn't just straightforward photography. Because I feel these days, you know, there's a lot of um, telescopes that are far more powerful than any lens that I would wield. Yeah. So um, I'm going to try to translate that experience into something that looks a bit different from what we've seen before. And then when you get back, do you exhibit your work? Will it be exhibited by the same com- by the by the company behind the trip, or what happens? I mean, I imagine there will be some sort of distribution. Um, you know, my history is always making books and exhibiting, so I imagine that, that at some point in the future that will be um, the trajectory for this. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, I'm still trying to get my head around even the opportunity and what I might create. And you know, in the meantime, I'm probably going to have to speak to a lot of. Um, 
you know, people who uh, know far more about space than I do, scientists, experts. Yeah, because you're, um, you're, you're not an astronaut. So you'll, you'll, have to, no. you'll have to train for this. You have to be physically fit, I guess, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, though, having looked at some astronauts, I mean, just kidding. But um, <laughs> I am, um, I mean, I suppose there will be some training, yeah, but it won't be as thorough, I wouldn't imagine, as, you know, full astronaut training, um, yeah. thankfully, because I don't know much about physics. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like f- physically, I think it's more just to do with, you know, can your body handle it? I guess the, the, the seven-year-old girl who said, okay, Dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In, in, in sale, in... <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. wow. Exactly. All right, I know it's weird. I mean, I can't quite wrap my head around the, the thought of it. You know, if yeah. I told seven-year-old me, I just think I would have scoffed at myself. You know, there's no way I would have ever thought that. Technology, be technology being what it is, and I, know. I would give anything to talk to you when you're up there. I really, yeah. really... And you being cork-like... I know. Well, let's let's see let's see how it goes. I mean, I, I, honestly, I've got no idea about what the technology is going to be like at the moment. Um, we've got you know a long way to go on all of the detail stuff. This week has just been such a whirlwind. But yeah, well, uh, we'll we'll stay in touch with the project and with yourself because I would give anything to talk to you <laughs> while you're up there, or at least, or at least when you get back during 2023. I'm sure we can work something out. All right, Rihanna, a pleasure to talk to you. And, 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 and if, you, if you don't mind, jealous is not the word. <laughs> I mean it now. Jealous is not the idea of watching the earth rising like we watch the moon rise or the sun go down. And there you are looking for Kinsale. I know you will. You'll be looking for Kinsale. I will. I will. <laughs> Rihanna, have a safe journey and enjoy the preparations. And we look forward to seeing you work from space. The uh, born in Kinsale, grew up in the UK, as you can hear from her accent. And she's travelling off on this incredible project called Dear Moon some stage in 2023 wouldn't it be great to be able to talk to her from up there or at least when she comes back down speaking of space actually I just noticed him this morning talk about tying things in together Uh, I saw a a Facebook post about the World Cup by one of my favourite people Patrick Stewart Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Now you see the connection. Uh, He puts up a a Facebook post about the World Cup. Um, And I'm thinking, uh, how on earth, how on earth do you look so fresh and so young and so fit at 82? Season three of Picard. When's that? That's supposed to drop, I think, in the next couple of months. Season three of Picard. I can't wait for that. Actually, again, another tangent. Please allow me. Um, I'm about to run out of something that I've been really enjoying over the last couple of months. I'm about to run out of Bosch. There were seven seasons of Bosch on Amazon Prime. Actually, there are eight, if you include the follow-on series, uh, Bosch Legacy. And I have one more episode to finish season one of Bosch Legacy and I will then be bereft what am I going to watch now you know like if I like something like Bosch anyone got any suggestions of what I watch next <laughs> oh, 0818 96 96 96 I shall be bereft over the Christmas with without a, a nightly dose of Harry Bosch can we just talk 
Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. I was telling you about that thing in the UK and just a flash came up there in the last while that happened in Solihull near Liverpool and really sad now three young lads have died uh, they're 11, 10 and 8 and they were skating on a frozen lake and they fell through and three of them have died now and there's a fourth lad, he's only 6 and he's in critical condition but the, the scary part of it for me when I was listening to this was they got heart attacks they fell into the water through the ice and it was so cold and such a shock to their system. They got heart attacks. That's scary. That's just in the context of the lock. Can we please not, at any stage this week, read that someone has fallen through the ice into the lock? Let us not have that. Let us not be silly. You know, it's Ireland. We get this for a few days, maybe a week and a week and a bit. And don't be thinking that because the lock is frozen over, you can start skating on it, right? Uh, it'll take an awful lot more than a few nights, a few cold, hard nights and a few cold, hard days to freeze the lock to any way thick enough or safe enough to skate on. But that's just me. 0818 96 96 96. Do you know, Christmas time can be a difficult time for people with a condition that they can keep hidden. A lot of people go around and they keep their dyslexia hidden. But at Christmas time, it's very hard. And it's not one you would have thought of why it's harder to be dyslexic at Christmas. Una Buckley from Blossom for Life. Why would it be more difficult? A lot of people conceal it. Why would, would it be more difficult at Christmas? Morning to you. Hi, PJ. Thanks a million for having me. Um, yeah, so I suppose we work with, you know, broad range students adults, but various ranges of learning differences, dyslexia, autism, everything in between. And I suppose Christmas time, well, for lots of people, any underlying difficulties can be massively heightened. There's more pressure, you know, prioritisation and, you know, there's lots of moving parts. But for me, I suppose, really, I remember reflecting before this and I remember even as basics as writing cards um, there's a really funny story that's told at home about I used postcards before and often even forget to put the stamp on them and it might even be important letters and my mom would have to contact the post office and try and rewrite where the letter was so that we could, you know, redirect it and get a stamp put on it. So there's basic things that, you know, handwriting, typing lots of stuff, you know, that can be difficult mm. definitely around this time of year. You because know? apart from... Uh, there are things we come back to at this time of the year that we might not use other times and so many people with dyslexia just they conceal it don't they? Exactly yeah I suppose it it can get heightened definitely in you know periods that may be an awful lot more stressful than the day-to-day norm you know you're out and about in different environments or you're reintegrated into environments that you haven't been in a while especially since the pandemic you know a lot of people haven't done maybe their structured let's say Christmas routine so it might be an adjustment back this year for lots of people to you know, do an awful lot of different things that they haven't done in a while. And time management is, is a huge thing for, for most people anyway in general. But if you have a different way of learning, often your concept of time can be very difficult. We have a lot of kids at the moment when you're very difficult to learn the clock, you know, even in a school setting. And obviously around this time of year, you know, there's a lot of time pressure. So mm. even as basics as, you know, managing time to get to a place and to leave a place can be can be very difficult. Yeah, so, something like doing, I and mean, it's, it's 
it's lovely to do it when the family are over, but to write up little fancy placemats and yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah, it can be. You know, I often got the job of that at home when I was small, and I always remember mixing up how many D's are in Grandad, you know, and and B's and D's for me was a very difficult one. So it can take a lot of time, and you know, there can be misspelt ones, and then you might need to have a backup few just in case you you misspell things. So it's yeah. it's something to consider at a deeper level. Really, yeah. And you know? and time, why time management? Yeah, so I, I would think that on, in lots of households, obviously, you know, time management can be very difficult this time of year. With, mm. You know, food preparations and, and coming and going, but definitely, I suppose, the concept of time can be very difficult, you know. So what you can get done in a space of a few minutes can often be massively overestimated for a person that has a different way of learning. So they may yes. think, oh, listen, we can get all of these done here in five minutes. And actually, it's been 15 minutes. Um, and we've done a study recently with a lot of students and we figured out actually that, you know, when you're kind of being brought up and going to schooling, right, you have two minutes now, we're going out the door. But it actually probably is very rarely two minutes to uh, the dot, yeah. you know. So we get this illusion of, oh, I kind of understand or have a feeling of what two minutes is like, even though that really probably was never two minutes anyway. So we're trying to kind of move back into that space a little bit more of if it's just two minutes, can it just be two minutes and uh, then see what we can get done. And I always say about the month of December, like in, in this line of work, December has gotten away from you before it's even started. Exactly. But I guess if you're, if you're bringing a different way of learning to the table, December can get completely out of control in, in a day. Completely, yes, definitely. You know, it's 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 kind of a planning almost to a military level in a sense to try and get things done. If you have an awful lot of things to to accomplish, or you take the other approach, you know, and it's kind of go with the flow. You know, so obviously everybody has their own personality traits, but Indeed. definitely if you're in a kind of a, a prioritization mindset, it can it can be difficult. Okay. There's no doubt about For that. people who have, as you say, I think it's a lovely way of, of saying it, different ways of learning. Blossom for life. There's uh, advice there, is there? Yeah, so we work with students, PJ, on an ongoing basis, you know, in an education system and we work with adults, we do training programs, but we do have a free booklet at the moment on the website for anybody that needs, you know, some basic tips on helping with organising or, or time management or Excellent. planning. So that, that's available at the moment if anybody wants to get access to further information. Excellent. Thank you. And good luck with the work you do as always. Una Buckley, Blossom for Life, the number four. Uh, oh, 1896 Yeah, December's like that. You ever notice that? Now, it looks grand to have it under reasonable control now, but I remember when I was gigging big time in December in years gone by, uh, which I don't anymore, but when I was gigging big time and working full time on the radio and doing this, December used to be completely out of control by the middle of November. So, can you imagine trying to do that with a as Una says, a different way of learning. 0818-96-96-96. Now, something we want to do, um, the great work of Share will be highlighted over the next week or so as they have their annual Christmas collection, which we will cover, of course. But Maureen from the newsroom was at the annual Share Christmas lunch uh, last week, and the numbers of elderly facing homelessness is actually very, very scary. And the pandemic has been a very difficult time for the elderly in our community. The Shear Street Centre, they do a, a lovely Christmas lunch every year. I was there once or twice over the years and Moraid went down to meet some of the people availing of the services of Shear. 
Declan Myers. Well, I had I had a corporation house in Bellefihan. Lovely area, fantastic place. But circumstances, unfortunately, you know, got very tough. We were overcrowded, I had five sons and you know, between this and that, and my health was, uh, wasn't too good. I was, it was suggested to me to, to uh, visit Shea and explain my situation. And uh, it took a while, but um, they listened to me. They were very courteous to me and understanding. And that's the, the, the reason I'm with Shea, I'm worried. Well, it's no experience to me. Well, it was initially, because I never, I never lived on my own. With the Shea system, you live on your own, you know? You know, I, I, I t- it, took, it, took, it took a little bit of time to get to adjust, obviously. But uh, since then, I haven't looked back. And uh, very happy and comfortable where I am at the moment. During the lockdown, it was, uh, we missed it, of course, yeah. You know, like, like, I suppose most, like, uh, generally speaking, life had changed for us all, hadn't it? And uh, we just had to get on with it, and, uh, you know. But share and fairness, like, they... If if the, if we if we can go to them, they they call to us. So they they really kept in touch with us and kept the spirit going. You know, they're they're, they're ab- absolutely fantastic. Orla Colnan, I'm in Christ King fifth year. Leah Braham, Regina Mundy College, and I'm in fifth year. Um, yeah, so every Wednesday, a group of six of us go to um, a complex, and there's loads of residents, and we meet with them, and we play games like they're mad for the bingo, and we make them tea, and we just kind of chat for an hour or so, and yeah, that's kind of it. That's every Wednesday. Um, so the six years that did it last year came and to- talked to us, and they just made it sound really nice and like really interactive, and like it's just like a good social thing I think to be involved in, and like I just I like old people, and I just thought it'd be nice to do it, so I signed up. I think it's just nice. And like there's, every year, my school has a big involvement in it, and I was really honoured to be able to do it. So yeah, I was just delighted. Much and Leah, tell me a bit about how you got involved with Cher. So yeah, it was through my school again, and they're so like good to us. And like today, I had to leave early to come in to <laughs> help here, and they were so good. Um, but I suppose it was Mr. Toomey first of all who kind of runs this place. Um, he was he did a talk last year, and I was like, oh, maybe I like it. And then uh, my uncle did it when he was in Prez, how many, I don't know how many years ago. So he always said it like changed him, so I thought it would be a great idea to get involved. Like I've made so many new friends, because like obviously we're all, there's two from each school, and then there's about 20 from Prez, but like it's everyone like sharing their own ideas, but like all different personalities, all different characteristics, and it's, it's definitely interesting and it's changed my perspective. It would change your perspective, wouldn't you? And of course, the boys and girls of Cher will be on the streets for their annual Christmas collection starting later this week, running right up to Christmas Eve. And please do be as generous as you always are because they need it more than ever. This was an unusual one to finish up today. Reaching a 100 is a huge achievement. You don't need me to tell you that. But identical twins reaching a 100. Now, Miriam... Dorgan, uh, one of those identical twins is Kay Bogan, and that's your, oh God, line four, isn't it? It is, yeah. One of those is your mom. That's correct, PJ, yeah. Kay Bogan is my mom. Yeah. And so they're identical, identical twins, and they're in the same nursing home in Douglas. Same nursing home in Darglin, and they share a twin room. Wow. Yeah, they're amazing staff. Kay, Kay and Joan. 
Kay and Joan, yeah. And they got through the pandemic and they got through everything and a hundred years old the other day. Yes, they got through everything. World Wars. <laughs> yeah, they're legendary. Good. And how's, the, how's their health? Joan's health is extremely good. Um, Mum is more frail. Yeah. But at 100 years old, you would, you kind you of know, expect to be a bit frail at 100. You would, <laughs> yeah. And was, I understand there was a drop of champagne had. There was Prosecco. Oh, good. Non-alcoholic, I believe. No Secco, as they call it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, right. yeah, they gave him a wonderful day. And unfortunately, myself and my husband, Dave, couldn't attend. Oh. Yeah, we're in Listole. Right. Couldn't get out of Listole, so... Well, frozen in, my really? Yeah. Whoa. Still are. Uh, so my first cousins took over. Okay. The Barrows. Um... And my mum's godmother, Mary Teen, and our friends, Teresa Chandler, attend us. Fantastic. So next week, my brother and sister-in-law are coming from Egypt. Wow. Yeah, so we'll celebrate again next week, hopefully. Excellent. And there's a lovely photograph of them here, actually. I'm just looking at it. Yeah. Uh, they look they, they look like two characters. Uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Joni Boney. <laughs> the aunt. Yeah, she's a real character. Mom is quieter. Identical in looks, but completely different in personalities. And they both got their checks from Michael D. They did, I believe, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, we'll have uh, to Can, can you imagine that. the conversation above in the Auris? What? Two? Two? I know, I got a phone call from, from them about my mum. Really? And I just happened to say, what about Joan? And they didn't realise who Joan was. Oh, I see. So, yeah. I think somebody else got Joan's file, but they didn't put two and two together. I wonder, is that the first time ever, though, that identical twins have... have... I don't know, are they the eldest in Ireland or not? That'd be worth finding out, wouldn't it? Listen, happy birthday to them both. And sorry you're stuck down in Listol, but you'll see them in time for Christmas and there'll be a big party. Yeah, that's fabulous. Identical twins, Joan and and Kay, and they're resident at Derrick Lynn Nursing Home in Douglas. Happy, happy, happy 100 years to you both. PJ Coogan on the Opinion Line. Silver winner. Silver winner. Best news story at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Corks 96 FM. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.